everybody, this is Gretchen Zellick. Annie Gibbons, Donuts and Pie Fitness, where we're aging enthusiastically. And today we're really excited. We're talking to Lindsay Vestola of The Body Project. And um, we're happy to have you here. I'm thrilled to be here. I love this idea. I love the concept of aging enthusiastically. So I'm excited to see where you take this. So um, I have a question first off. There's um, certain lifestyles that people need to adapt to, especially over 50, that are going to be lasting. So often people do things that they think are going to improve their health and then they go by the wayside. So what would your suggestions be in terms of what lifestyle changes, what you might make that would be lasting? I think the thing that sticks out the most is um, really boils down. We know the food and exercise part of it. We know that's important, I should say. Um, I think where women or people over 50 even, where we get hung up is the noise. We've been told so many things of what to do, what not to do, that we start listening to that and letting that determine what we should eat and how much we should exercise or I should do cardio or I shouldn't do too much cardio that we stop listening to what our body's telling us. We stop listening to sort of just that intuitive, um, you know what, I don't really enjoy running or my body hurts after running, so let me find an alternative. But if it were to boil down kind of and to encapsulate that, the food and exercise, obviously, finding foods that give you energy and focusing on how they make you feel versus how much you know, are they impacting your weight or, um, so how they, how they make you feel exercise, something that's sustainable. I love that you use the word lasting, right? Mm -hmm. How can we have lasting health that's not overwhelming or not overbearing? Um, and exercise really has to fit in with that in terms of being, having those honest conversations with ourselves of, you know, at 55 doing X kind of exercise that I used to do, even at 45 or 50, may not be what I need right now. Um, so along with food and exercise, I think the other three that are important for living that lasting, healthy lifestyle, um, one is education, um, just learning more and having that sieve, there's more resources. So it's kind of a catch 22, right? There's so many resources out there now, it's hard to decipher how to apply what to yourself and what to sort of eliminate, um, but just constantly learning. Um, and accountability, I think, is huge. Too much, um, I think too many people try to figure it out on their own. Um, so seeking out somebody that you feel a connection with, coaches, fitness trainers, um, mentors, anybody who can, um, I think that accountability, and then just good people around you. I think people who are supportive and like-minded. And I think the final one is just kind of puts it all together is the mindset. We work so hard to like strengthen our physical muscles, but like what's the saying, your body achieves what your mind believes. Um, mm -hmm. Gretchen, you might've been at the, um, one of the conferences that we always attend and one of the things that stuck with me was um, the statistic of um, a survey they did on centennials. Am I saying that? I always, or centenarians. Yeah. yeah. So people who are living over a hundred years old and they said, what do you think is the one factor that has kept you living for so long? And it wasn't, you know, drinking wine every day. It wasn't sex. It wasn't, you know, just living a happy, it was 
optimism. And I think that is so, like, I get goosebumps just thinking about that, you know, like optimism, because it changes the lens in which you look at everything from food to exercise, to stress in life to, um, and, and I think to me, that's like the essence of living a healthy, lasting, enthusiastic life. I think you're right. And you're not the same person you are um, working out at 55 that you were at 35. I think it's, it's, you're, I'm glad you look at the whole big picture. Uh, You wrote something um, recently in a blog post and I thought it was so interesting. You talked about quitting Mm -hmm. and how quitting can be a good thing. And I think there's so much negativity about quitting. Don't be a quitter. I'd love to hear your, your take on why quitting can be a good thing. Yeah. So I'll make it a very brief nutshell of, you know, I think I believe everything sort of uh, comes in your life at a very specific time and for a very specific reason. And um, there was a gentleman actually at that same conference and he was um, a speaker. And the day before um, I had, I, I decided to sell my studio after 15 years of, you know, being in, in, in my fitness studio. And I couldn't help at the moment feeling like I was just quitting, like quitting something. It was working. It had such an impact. I really loved doing it just something stirred inside me. Like it was time to evolve, but still I couldn't feel like I had that feeling like I'm just quitting. And he had a presentation and he said, you know, um, and, and he did have a bit of a religious theme to it or um, godly, if you will. And he said, you know, you realize there's a reason you have a very specific reason on this earth. You have a very specific why. And sometimes in order to make that, reason or that why come to life or to live that out, it will require you to quit something else in order to make space to do something greater. And it hit me so hard because if I thought about it, we've all quit something. We just have such a negative, um, the word quit usually means give up Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, like if I said like my, you know, son, you just don't quit the soccer team. Um, it's, it means like you're not fulfilling a commitment when really, if you look at it, we've all like, we had to quit high school at some point in order to go on to college. (laughs) We had to quit a job that wasn't serving us in order to take on another opportunity. And I realized when I look back, all the things that I quit, it was because it was making space for something greater. And I thought, I said, if we could kind of look at life through this lens, when it comes to just living a healthy, you know, mind, body, life is what are the things that we need to look in our life and say, I need to quit that in order to make space for something greater. So is it as simple as, you know, quitting, you know, excess TV watching or quitting sugar, too much sugar in your diet? Is it quitting something more serious like alcohol or some other addiction? Is it quitting a job that isn't serving you anymore? Um, Is it quitting, you know, the people that you're around that aren't helping lift you up, um, quitting the mindset. I love the one, like just quit trying to do it on your own. Going back to that theme, um, you know, quit trying to do it on your own and really look for support. So to me, that's really fueled evolution um, for me. And, and when I've done presentations and talked to people about it, it seems to resonate. So I'm happy that it resonated with you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. Um, you know, at first I had the same reaction, like quit. And then 
I think you also had said something about you already know what it is you have to quit. I mean, we all in the back of our head kind of say, this isn't good for me anymore. And um, it really, it really reinforces what people are going through every single day. So it's great that you've articulated that. I really, I really love it. Um, and you've probably touched on this a whole bunch in what you've just said, but what would your prescription for living enthusiastically be? I think, you know, when it comes down to it, um, I'm fascinated with the mind-body connection. I'm fascinated with how our mindset and our, like, the lens through which we look at life, how it impacts every one of our decisions. And if you think about the, you know, circle of, like, we're sitting where we are right now because of a series of habits and actions, um, and what drives those habits and actions are um, our thoughts. And then what drives our thoughts are feelings and experiences and emotions. And what I find most challenging or frustrating, if you will, with so much of the fitness and nutrition and um, sort of that world out there um, is that it's only focusing on the actions and the outcomes. So eat, like don't eat carbs you know, or you're going to gain weight or stop, you know, don't eat sugar in order to lose weight. And so it makes people look over here for the answers when really all the answers are over here in let's actually start reworking the way that our brain is understanding why we're making the actions that we are. So mm -hmm. if we can start connecting, you know, when I'm frustrated um, or when I'm overwhelmed, it causes these, you know, I, it's mindfulness. I'm thinking these thoughts and then my usual um, knee jerk reaction is to overeat or to do one of those other addictions we need to quit. <laughs> but it's been, I think that's one of the most powerful lessons that I've learned with um, the clients I've been so blessed to work with is it's so freeing and so um, liberating when they can finally make that deep connection between um, their outcomes, it's like, let's actually change the thought patterns and understand that emotions drive everything. So it's really like, let's start focusing on the feeling. How does exercise make you feel? Because if you're exercising to lose weight, it's not sustainable. You're not going to, that's not lasting. When you're 90, all you want to do is feel good and feel energetic or 50 or 40. Like you want to feel those things. So what actions do I need to take in order to get that feeling because feelings are what are going to drive the actions. So um, my prescription maybe wasn't succinct, <laughs> but really like it, let's focus on the feeling, focus on how you want to feel and then how, like, what do you need to do in your life to get to that feeling? That's been powerful. I know for me personally. That makes perfect yeah, sense. It's wonderful. You really yeah. do clarify that. That's great. I hadn't thought of it in those terms and it's kind of nice when you describe something like that and you think, huh, I think I am doing that. That's good. Yeah. I've got that one going. <laughs> check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, check that one. That's so that's great. really reinforcing. I love that. Yeah. Lindsay, thank you so much for speaking oh. with us today. We will include um, in our little blog post and at, on this uh, YouTube video all the links to you and to um, Body Project and all, the, all your uh, social media. So it'll be thank fun. Thank you. And thank you both for all you do, too. It's a pleasure. Thank you. So nice. Mm -hmm. Hope to see you soon.
This episode was brought to you by Gretchen Zellick and Annie Gibbons. If you'd like to find out more, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Donuts of Pie Fitness and on our YouTube page where you can find more interviews like the one you just heard. Both of those links are available in the description. Don't forget to check out our website at donutsofpiefitness.com. You can find links, including website and social media, for Lindsay Bastola in the description below.